0: The title for this morning's message is An Anchor for the Soul. Hope is an anchor for the soul. And I'd like for us this morning to be thinking of how our anchor is doing. Is our hope strong? Are we anchored? Is our soul anchored? The text will be taken from Hebrews chapter 6, verses 11 through verse 20. The Hebrew church was facing a lot of persecution. And I think the intention of the Hebrew writer was to encourage the Hebrew church in his writing about hope. I read about, I haven't actually seen the picture, but I've read about a picture in that depicts to me what hope is about. It's a picture of a cabin up in the mountains that has just been burnt to the ground. If you're looking at this picture, it's a picture and all that's remaining of this cabin is is the chimney. You've seen those as you've driven through back roads. All you see is just the remains and there's just a chimney standing there because the chimney is made of of stone or brick and and it's able to withstand the fire. But this artist had painted this picture of an old grandfatherly type standing in front of his burned-down cabin in his underclothes. He had his pajamas on. And with this grandfatherly type, there was a little child, and it was evident that the child was crying. And the artist, below the picture had put a couple of words down that expressed his, his thought. And the words were, hush, child, God ain't dead. That to me depicts hope. It's not a picture of disaster, but a picture of hope. And we all need reminders that there is hope available to us regardless of life circumstances regardless of what happens to us there is hope there are three things that i'm told that you need to be happy and you've probably heard me say that before three things that are absolutely necessary for happiness the first one is someone to love you need to have someone to love and for all of us we have family around us most of us do anyway Someone to love. Most of all, of course, we have God, we have Christ to love. And so that requirement is met. The second thing you need is something to do. You're not happy if you don't have anything to do. You think you would be, but you won't be. The third thing that is a necessity for happiness is something to look forward to. Three things. Someone to love, something to do, and something to look forward to. And this, this, this thing of having something to look forward to is, is expressed in that one word, hope. Something to look forward to. Hope gives us something to look forward to. The world is restless. The world of people, like a boat. A boat rocking in the waves, drifting, moving toward the rocks Perhaps. This world is a boat without an anchor and nothing solid to anchor to. We need an anchor to secure our lives and futures, an anchor for our soul. The scripture tells us that that anchor is hope. Hope is an anchor for the soul, something that can latch onto. Maybe an invisible grounding point and provide stability for our soul. How does hope provide an anchor for the soul? What does it do? How does it do that? I want to read a short reading from John Maxwell. He says, Hope shines brightest when the hour is darkest. Hope motivates when discouragement comes. Hope energizes when the body is tired. Hope sweetens while bitterness bites. Hope sings when all melodies are gone. Hope believes when evidence is eliminated. Hope listens for answers when no one is talking. Hope climbs over obstacles when no one is helping. Hope endures hardship when no one is caring. Hope smiles confidently when no one is laughing. Hope reaches for answers when no one is asking. Hope presses toward victory when no one is encouraging. Hope dares to give when no one is sharing. Hope brings the victory when no one is winning. Hope is an anchor for the soul. If you have your Bibles, open to Hebrews chapter 6. I would invite you to stand as we read Hebrews chapter 6 verse 10. read the word Hebrews 6 and verse 10 for God is not unjust so as to overlook your work and the love you have shown for his name in serving the saints as you still do and we desire each one of you to show the same earnestness to have the full assurance of hope until the end so that you may not be sluggish but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain, where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf, having become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. You may be seated. I want to look first at what hope is. What is hope? A number of points that I want to make there. First is that hope is the assurance of future good. Hope is the assurance of future good. Our text, verse 11, I encourage you to have your Bibles open and look at that. Hebrews 6, verse 11 says, And we desire each of you to show the same earnestness, to have the full assurance of hope until the end. Hope is that confident expectancy of God's promise. God doesn't need to swear in order to be sure to tell the truth. You know, God did, absolutely did not need to swear. But he did, just to help build confidence. In order to give us this assurance, God was willing to humble himself and give an oath. Verse 16 of our text. For people swear by something greater than themselves, and in all their disputes an oath is final for confirmation. So when God desired to show more convincingly to the heirs of promise the unchangeable character of his purpose, he guaranteed it with an oath so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. I'm always kind of confused as I read this passage. What are those two unchangeable or immutable things? What are those two things that help us to have hope? And they are his oath and his promise. Those are these two things. His oath and his promise. He swore by himself. You know, people swear today and they, they, they try to make things very sure by swearing with using something more more convincing than themselves. More sure than, than, than what they are. So they swear by something or other. Well, God has nothing more to swear by, more sure to swear by than by Himself. And that's what He did. He swore by Himself. The promise to Abraham, He swore by Himself. You know, to us, hope, the promise is not a child born in old age but it is a promise of future good. You know, as we're walking through life, we want to have an assurance that in the end, we're going to come out at a good place. And that, in fact, life is going to end with a future for us in heaven. Hope is the assurance of future good. Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you and I'm coming back to get you, take you to that place. In the world, you will experience trouble, but I'm going to take you, when you're through, to that place. So hope is an assurance of of future good because God gave us that promise and He cannot lie. Number two, hope is an eternal perspective. It is different from a perspective that is only here for the here and now. It's opposed as, to, as opposed to seeing only with earthly eyes and perspective. If you would turn in your Bibles to another passage, uh, away from our text for a bit, Second Corinthians four. I would invite you to turn there. The idea of an, an eternal perspective. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 16, up through uh, verse 5 of chapter 5, I want to read that passage. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 16 says, So we do not lose heart, though our outward self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison." As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen, for the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. For we know that if the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this tent we groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling. If indeed by putting it on, we may not be found naked. For while we are still in this tent, we groan being burdened, not that we would be unclothed, but that we would be further clothed, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. He who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. Hope is an eternal perspective. Being able to see beyond the here and now. That is a big difference between those who have hope and those who do not have hope. For many people, the only thing they see is the here and now. And they're working toward things like retirement when they get old. They're looking, working towards that time when they don't have to work anymore and things like that. And they're always just working toward this. But for a Christian, we have an eternal perspective. I... Uh, have a head, a nephew, young man. He was newly married, had two little girls out in in Tennessee, and he was killed in a in a construction accident. Joshua Denninger was his name. He was. They were building a a, a, a shopping mall, and he was up. He was standing up on top, lifting up a sheet of metal, uh, something up there on this on this on this wall, and a uh, uh, big. A gust of wind came along, grabbed him in the metal, and threw him down onto the uh, onto the concrete, I guess. And he was, he was, he, he passed on after a few days. But Joshua, and of course, these things come out afterwards, but the Sunday school class they had the week before he died, he they were they were looking at this passage of scripture that I just read. And he was especially impressed about the tent that we live in now that's going to be blown away. (laughs) But we have an eternal dwelling. And that just almost seemed prophetic. You know, when you look at something later on, you can see that, that God may have been preparing him for that. But that is a perspective in the eternal. And as we get older, I think some of us, as we're getting just a bit older, we're starting to, to look at that just a little more because we see that the tent that we're living in now is, is just a tent. It's just a, a tabernacle. It's a, it's a thing that's that's temporary. It is going to be blown away one day in whatever way that God chooses to have that happen. But it it is not eternal. Don't forget it. Don't forget it. This is just a temporary camping site that you are on now. And hope... Is, get, helps us to have that eternal perspective. Number three, hope is a foundation on which we wish to build our lives. Hope is something that you want to build your life on, not on something else. Hope is to be something that you build your life on, that hope that you have. It's a focal point in which we, around which we can rally. It's a purpose for living. It's a thing we can look forward to. And as an anchor for our soul, you are basically, the thing that you're concerned about is that that anchor, that rope is down in there and is securely fastened to the rock, Christ. That's what you want to keep checking. As you are in your boat, every once in a while, you want to go down there and grab that rope and pull on that anchor. Are you anchored? Are you anchored? Don't, don't be spending so much time looking at the wind or whether you're, what all is going around us, but the fact that we have a foundation. We as Christians have a foundation. We have an anchor for our soul. Something to build on. Hope does that for people. When there is hope, there is something we can rally around. It doesn't matter the difficulties that we're in so much. It's the hope that we have, that anchor for us. Parade Magazine told the story of self-made millionaire Eugene Lang. Eugene Lang was a very wealthy man, and he was to give a speech in a sixth grade class in East Harlem, New York. bunch of uh, ethnic young children uh, from, from poor neighborhoods. Dropout rate was extremely high in those schools. And uh, so Eugene Lang was to give a speech for, to, his, to the sixth graders. There were about 60 of them. He brought his speech all prepared, what he was going to share to rally these, these sixth graders. And he got in there, and like sometimes some of us who speak, we have to scrap our, our plans. He came in and put his notes down. He said, I, I can't do this. He, he threw his notes down. He said, I'm going to have to speak just, just ad-lib this thing. He, he got up in front of these 60 fidgeting children, sixth graders, and he said, I'm going to talk to you straight from my heart. He said, you stay in school, you do well in school, I'm going to pay for most of your college. Every one of you, I'm going to pay for it. And he said the, 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 the atmosphere in that class just changed just dramatically. These young children who came from underprivileged backgrounds who had no, no hope of anything after, after public school they, they all of a sudden sat up and took notice, and he said he was able to 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 uh, speak to these children. One student said later, "I had something to look forward to. That man gave me something to look forward to." And the dropout rate on that sixth grade class was was very low. They 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 over ninety, nearly ninety percent of that class went on to graduate from high school because of that. That rallying point that they had. Hebrews 6.19, we have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. A hope that enters enter the inner place behind the curtain. That anchor is firm. It's lodged firmly in Christ. It's fail-safe. It's stable. It doesn't move. It's based on God, His reliability, His character, His inability to lie, As Christians, we need to continue to base our lives on that hope. So many other things come in and and make us lose sight of that hope that we have. The pursuit of wealth, pursuit of pleasure, relationships, our own self-image. The Irish essayist and lecturer Bernard Shaw sums up the hopelessness of his own barren life and philosophy in this epigram. He said, said, there are two tragedies in life. One is not to get your heart's desire and the other is to get it. His hope was wrong. Number four, patience and perseverance. Hope is patience and perseverance. Romans 15 says, for whatsoever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scripture we might have hope. Romans 8, 22, for we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we are saved. That for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to His purpose. This, this thing of, of hope is, gives us this perseverance and this patience. And we, we also need to continue and focus on that hope. I'd like for us to stand now and sing that old hymn that we sing a lot, My Hope is Built on Nothing less. We're looking at what hope is, what hope does. Let's sing together all four verses of that song. My hope is built on nothing
1: less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but... you oh. Colored, and blood, support me in the whelming floodway. All around my soul gives way, he then is all my hope and stay. To stand before the throne, on Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand, all other ground
0: is sinking sand. sand. You may be seated. What hope does? We looked at what hope is. What does hope do? First of all, hope helps us endure. Hope helps us endure. You know, when things are looking really difficult, our house is just burned to the ground, or we have some, some illness. I was thinking of Brother Ed. You know, he got something that comes along, and it's, it's, it could be very discouraging, but hope helps us to endure. And in our text, I want to read again from Hebrews 6, verse 13. When God made a promise to Abraham, since he had no one greater by whom to swear, he swore by himself, saying, Surely I will bless you and multiply you. And thus Abraham, having patiently waited, obtained the promise. Verse 18, So that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. 1 Peter 1, verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. Hope helps us to endure. You know, hope helps Worked for Abraham, it will work for us. Number two, hope helps us to see the character of God and to place our focus on Him. You know, when we hope, we're hoping in God, in the fact that He is unchangeable, He is trustworthy, He is there to help for us, He will provide for us. I was going to read that a scripture from Genesis 22, but you all know the story of Abraham and and Isaac and how Abraham was willing to sacrifice his son up on Mount Moriah. In the end, God gave a ram that he could use in place of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place the Lord will provide On the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. His character is there. As we place our hope in Him, we see His character revealed. That's what hope does. Number three, hope provides a connection to God. That is a connection that we have with God because we have hope in God, a trusting relationship, an anchor. A sure relationship. Romans 8 verse 31 says, What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare His own Son, but gave Him up for us all, how will He not also with Him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, He who was raised who is at the right hand of God, who is indeed interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? I'll stop reading there, but the remainder of the Scripture says that nothing can separate us from God. This hope provides a connection to God. Number four, hope provides an excellent witness. Hope provides an excellent witness opportunity. 1 Peter 3 verse 15 says, But in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. Hope gives us a a way to reach out. When people see in you a hopeful life, they want to know how it is that someone who maybe they know is going through some tough times is able to have that type of perspective. A couple of weeks ago, I walked in in my job and I was talking to a teacher, a school teacher, and she said, Sam, you always have this really upbeat atmosphere about you i said thank you i hope that i have that i said i have so much to be grateful for and i think as christians we can be, tend to get down in the mouth about stuff things aren't happening the way we would like and we get and we're not we're not we're we're portraying something less than a real hopeful Uh, life I think a witness opportunity is that we can show the world that we have even in in our difficulties at times we have a hope we have an a living hope number five it promotes clean living hope promotes holy living in our lives For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. Titus 2, verse 11. Training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions, to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the, glorious, of, of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. This hope allows us to um, live clean lives as we're waiting for His appearing. What shall we do? This idea of hope, what is it that we should be doing to build this hope, this anchor for our souls? I want to give you a few pointers that you can be doing, that we can all be doing to build hope, to allow us to strengthen that anchor, For our soul. There's anchors for all kinds of things, but the anchor for our soul is this hope that we have in God that anchors our soul. And what's the most important thing for us to anchor? It is our soul must be anchored. It doesn't matter if other stuff blows away, but our soul must be anchored. And uh, this hope, the scripture says, is what provides an anchor for the soul. Okay, number one, receive comfort from the Scriptures. You know, there's something about reading the Scriptures that it builds hope within us. Romans 15, verse 4 says, for, whoever, for whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the Scriptures we might have hope. Absolutely. Read the Scriptures. Spend time in the Scriptures. You're getting down in the mouth about something and you feel think this situation looks very, very hopeless. Read the Scriptures. Read the Scriptures. Read how God came through for the great men and women of God throughout the ages. That's what it is intended for us. Is your hope somewhat faded? Does it seem unclear or surreal? Are you spending less time in the scripture? Psalm 119, Remember your word to your servant in which you have made me hope. This is my comfort in my affliction that your promise gives me life. The insolent utterly deride me, but I do not turn away from your law. When I think of your rules from the old, I take comfort, O Lord. So the first action item for each one of us is is read the Holy Scriptures. They will build hope. They will build confidence in your life. Number two, allow experiences to build character and character to build hope. Now where does that come from? It comes from a scripture in Romans 5. I'm going to read at verse 3 from Romans 5. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character. And character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Experiences that we have in life are given to build, us, build character within us. How is your character doing? Are you allowing those experiences to build character in your lives? As that character is being built, as you experience those things, you more and more experience God's goodness in these things, in God's love, in God's um, working in your life, in building that character. And as you allow God to build that character in your life, there's something there that that allows you to see that, that God is utterly reliable. God is working. Isn't that amazing? I get excited every once in a while. You know, I see God did something for me. God did this. There's no way it happened on its own. There is no way that this is a coincidence. God worked this in me. You know, that, that builds such confidence in my life toward God. God is working. God is working in every one of you. God is working. He's wanting to build character in you. He's wanting to build hope as a result of that character. And that hope that gives us that anchor that we build our lives around. Allow that to happen. Allow these experiences to build character and character to build hope. These experiences are going to come. God is going to allow these things to happen. But we need to submit to them and allow God to work that. Number three, be involved in God's work. From our text... Though, uh, actually a verse before and then on into it. And though we speak in this way, yet in your case, beloved, we feel sure of better things, things that belong to salvation. For God is not unjust so as to overlook your work and the love that you have shown for his name in serving the saints, as you still do. And we desire each of you to show the same earnestness, to have the full assurance of hope until the end, that you may not be sluggish, but imitators of those who faith through faith and patience inherit the promises. Number four. Allow the Holy Spirit to work. Romans 15 verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that the power of the Holy Spirit, that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. The Holy Spirit, through His power, brings hope into our lives. He fills you with joy and peace in believing. The power of the Holy Spirit may abound in hope. He wants to comfort us. He is the comforter. He comforts us in our trouble with a glimpse of hope for the future hope in God, hope in His promises, hope in His ability to work in us His perfect will and plan. I want to read for you a writing by Frank L. Stanton. I think uh, Merle has attempted to put music to this writing. And the good Lord know my name. It's a spiritual. I just don't know if the corn will grow, but our plans hit just the same. I just don't know if the wind will blow, but I watch and pray and I reap and sow. And the sun he rise and the river flow and the good Lord know my name. I just can't tell if the cotton sell, but I toils on just the same. The birds they build where the spring sap swell and they know enough for a rainy spell. And that's a lot more than they going to tell and the good Lord know my name. So I watch and pray as I go my way, and I toils on just the same. The rose is sweet, but the rose can't stay, but I'm mighty glad when it blooms my way. The night falls dark, but the Lord send day, and the good Lord knows my name. Frank L. Stanton. I want to encourage us to anchor our lives. In God. In Jesus. Check that anchor. Make sure it's tight. Make sure it's there. Don't be as concerned about some of the things that are happening as the fact that you have a firm anchor. An anchor for your soul. I'll call for a song this time.